Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I grew up rooting for Walter Payton and Jim McMahon, Willie Galt, Richard Dent, Dan Hampton, Otis Wilson, Mike Singletary, Todd Bell. I could keep going and going and going. And watching the Bears win Super Bowl twenty was one of the greatest things ever. Alongside my all-time favorite, of course, who I know people that know me. What about Jordan? Right, of course, Michael was always number one. Uh, right. But it was a ton of fun watching the Bears, especially those Bears. And then it went the other way for a long, long time, and Green Bay was so good, and people hated the Packers. I'm like, eh, I can't really hate Brett Favre. The guy is down-to-earth, likable, and really, 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 really good at his job. At any rate, we got Brett Favre on the podcast today. I'm not going to say anything more. He's working with Green Eagle in the CBD space for the first time. We talk about that, and we talk a ton of football here. Hope you enjoy the podcast. DeWindy City with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Brett Favre, right now. All right, here we go. They're going to jump right here. You know they're going to jump. Everybody hold your water. Green right slot. 98 handoff slot on three. Ready? Balls, balls, balls. Balls, balls, balls. One of my favorite quarterbacks of all time, and I say that, Brett Favre, as a Chicago Bears fan, and uh, it's it hasn't been easy watching you play all these years, but, I, but I've loved it because you're so damn good at what you do. Thank you for taking time today, Brett, working with CBD. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, you killed the Bears, my friend. Well, I was just doing what I was paid to do, I guess. Uh, I tell you what, though, first of all, thank you for the kind words. I, I understand, understand the rivalry, so I know it's it's – painful to have to to say some of those things but I, I certainly appreciate it but I had a blast playing in that rivalry yeah we had I would say we had the upper hand after my first year uh, I think my first year we lost to them both times and then after that we you know we had really in fact I mean up until present day Packers have had the advantage but you know Holmgren used to always have this one saying, the worm will turn. And I didn't know what the hell he was talking about at first. But in other words, the Bears will get back on top. And, you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's a cycle that uh, I would have to say for a Bears fan has taken a long time to turn. <laughs> it, it has. I mean, I was 12 years old. In 85, when Jim McMahon was running around in a Bears uniform before he put on the green and gold. And, I mean, the Bears were killing Green Bay until Domikowski uh, threw yeah. off. It, 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 until that. Uh, and that, But since then, it's been death And from a Bears fan standpoint. But I, 
honestly, like I'm a Chicago guy, but it was so fun watching you and, and, and Aaron too. You I mean, these are, you guys are top 10 quarterbacks yeah. all time. You, you, it's kind of like I hear from, I, I almost put in like a basketball term, Brett, like a, a lot of Nick fans, they still love Jordan and he kicked their ass, you know, year after year after year, but you appreciate great talent. Well, you, you took the words out of my mouth. I think sometimes true fans recognize not so much an, an individually, although that's what we're talking about right now, but uh, has, has a true appreciation, even if it's on the other side, for, for the other team or for various players. And Chicago, there's no, no question, uh, that's, a, that's a sports town if there ever was one. So they know their sports. Do you have a favorite memory of any game against the Bears and then we'll move on from the rivalry? You know, I have several, but I think the the one that probably sticks out the most was probably the least eventful. Uh, and that would be the Monday night game. The only thing that was really special about that game was the weather. The weather was absolutely awful. <laughs> and, and it was Halloween night. Probably right around, we wore throwback uniforms, uh, ugly. Both sides were ugly. And um, they were honoring Dick Butkus, Butkus and uh, Gail Sayers at halftime. So you would you would think this would be set up for uh, capacity and then some attendance. And I bet there was half of that stadium was full because the weather was so bad. In fact, there was a commercial airline that crashed that night uh, in the suburbs in Chicago. That's right. Do you remember that one? I do, and and I I remember feeling like this is not right. I mean, it's Sears and Butkus. These guys should be getting you know the best right. of it. That was the greatest draft in Bears history. They got both those guys the same year, and they deserved a perfect night for football. But it didn't happen that way. Uh, no, no, but they had their day. They did. They they most definitely did. You're right. Two two great players. We'll get back to football in a second here, but let let me ask about uh, what you're doing here with with CBD. First off, how'd you get involved in this, Brett? Uh, through a through a friend of mine uh, who met uh, the CEO of the company Green Eagle, uh, Joseph, um, uh, and Joseph was looking for more or less an ambassador to you know to to reach an American audience. And I say an American audience because as I've learned through Joseph and his team, they're very uh, reputable and are doing great in like France, for for instance. And I, I, when I first met Joseph, I said, look, I don't know a whole lot about CBD, but I said, I hear, I hear it thrown around a bunch here in the States. Everywhere you turn, there's a CBD store. And I said, but isn't it, you know, uh, laced with THC? And he said, ours has 100% THC-free, completely drug-free, natural. So that intrigued me, first of all. And, you know, I mean, I can't tell you how many times someone has come to me with a a different pain reliever, gel, even um, organic tablets or things of that nature. And I said, let me try it. Uh, And so I tried it. Uh, I had like, at the time, 
really not nothing. I just ran a half marathon, in fact, and I was my legs were about to kill me. But it wasn't like structural, you know. It wasn't like a broken femur or anything like that. It was just just soreness, and I rubbed it on there, and it worked. And um, so I, you know, I said, "Well, what do you want me to do?" And and that's really how it all unfolded. And and we we struck a deal, and um, you know, I think I think it's a great product. I think it's safe. It's drug free, which was very important to me. I, I had a uh, a serious pain pill addiction. Um, I'm, I'm sure you may remember dating back to 96 when I made a public announcement, I spent three, three different stints in drug rehab trying to shake it and get, get behind it. And, um, eventually I did. So, um, I definitely am an advocate for, you know, non-addicting pain relieving solutions. There's no question. So uh, I, I like the company. I, I thought uh, they were very sincere and genuine and um, have a great product. So you're always, you know, responsible for your own actions in life. And I, of course, remember your, your story around pain pills and congratulations, Brett, on, on getting through it. It's a huge accomplishment. A, a lot of people don't make it to the other side, so you should be super proud of yourself right. on that one. But I'm just wondering, like, how much of the NFL culture do you put on that happening? And, I, and I'm wondering what you think the NFL going forward here can, can do for their players now that perhaps they haven't done in the past. Well, I think it's gotten better. And I say, I, 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 when I, um, when my addiction basically started and it usually starts before you realize you're addicted, yeah. you know, and, and it could be, you know, the most harmless, uh, happening possible so you take someone who's probably has the least addictive uh qualities and give them a couple pain pills and if it if something's you know clicks and they like the feeling um some may go back for more others may say whoa 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 i like this feeling way too much and i'm gonna put it down yeah you know i was 22 years old uh when i took my first pain pill and i was uh I don't know. I was in my second year uh, playing, and and times were a lot different then. Uh, it was not uncommon. It was legal. It was not uncommon after a game to say, "Look, I, I'm I'm sore. Can I get two pain pills?" And they would give them give them out. Now, if I said I need ten, they would say, I, "Absolutely not." So, what I was doing was, as I graduated up, if uh, for lack of a better term, uh, to more and more pills, I would have other guys get their two pills. You, you were you were allowed two pills and so now they don't do that they they don't carry uh narcotics at all uh, to any games and they're and they do an audit of all the the medical supplies uh within the, the organization and th- those are things that they didn't do then so it's gotten better uh, I think where the NFL can get better is working on a, a treatment for concussions. I think they're doing a lot better in other areas, but uh, concussions it needs a lot of work. Look, bringing out better helmets is not going to alleviate the concussion problem. Um, so, so, so that's kind of my take on the NFL. I think they're doing a lot better with handling drug addiction, 
and, um, you know, things of that nature. I'm wondering, did any of your former teammates back in the day say, Brett, I'm not giving you my two pills. I'm not going to, I'm not going to help you that way. No, you know, I mean, I've been asked that question several times and I, I think I was crafty enough to not let on that I was getting pills from other guys as well. You know, I wouldn't go in front of eight guys and ask one guy for pills and then another guy because I, I'm sure there would have been some guys call me out on it. And uh, I kept it as quiet as possible for three years until I had two seizures. I uh, had two seizures, one after a surgery, one right in the middle of the season. Um, so uh, then everyone knew that there was a, a serious issue. Yeah, and is what you're talking about concussions, by the way. It's the, the teams or the league preventing the player from himself, right? Because if you're a football player, you guys are not of normal mindset. You you play an insane game. It's a car crash every play. It's going to be hard for you to take yourself out and say, you know, I've got a concussion coach or doc or whoever. You, you're going to want to try to get through it as best you can because it's part of your manliness. It's also part of, you know, being a good teammate in a normal player's mind. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, and you're right. You're absolutely right. New protocol uh, does not allow the player to make that decision whether to go back in or not. Uh, it's it's a designated doctor, not necessarily affiliated. My and my my understanding is correct that doctor is not affiliated with the with the team at all. Uh, meaning he has a you know an unbiased opinion. Um, is that followed completely? I don't know, but I do see a guy that maybe had a concussion. You know, I'm watching a game and I go, maybe, maybe not. And you see him talking to a doctor over there and he never goes back in. And that's, that's certainly uh, new compared to when I played. Yeah. Let me ask you uh, if you got any advice for, for Tom Brady switching teams at this point in his career, you certainly have some experience with this. I mean, what would if Tom's called you up? Maybe he has. I don't know. Hey, Brett, what what do you think about uh, doing this late in your career? What's what's my plan here? What would you say? Well, I talked to Tom. Uh, if you remember, I don't know. You may or may not have seen it. They honored the top 100 uh, players of all time uh, uh, right prior to the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, this past year, so I had I had about five or ten minutes with Tom before uh, before it got crazy, and he had not made a decision yet. And uh, I said, he said, if you had, I think his question to me was, if you had it to do all over again, would you do do it again the, the same way? And I would. Um, you know, I wish things would have gone down a little differently. Much. The way that Peyton left and the way that Tom Brady left is the way I wish it would have happened with me. Um, that, so both sides wouldn't have been upset. But but basically what I was telling Tom was, absolutely. Look, you don't, and, and, and I'm telling you this not as well as, as the, the audience in general. He has zero to prove to anyone. Right. Um, and if you still want to play and you want to try your hand somewhere else, by all means, man. Go do it, and you know if it doesn't work out, I, I would never say if it, if you fail because he's not going to fail. Uh, even if he if he doesn't play well, he's he's always going to go down as the greatest to ever play the game. Uh, 
I mean, how could he not be considered the greatest player to ever play this game? Certainly quarterback. Um, so let the, let the man go and enjoy himself. I mean, I, for, to me, what I tried to relate to Tom is now it's time to just go and enjoy yourself. There's, there's nothing left to prove, and uh, you're going to a new team. It's, it's going to be exciting because there's, there's a lot of newness involved and uh, a, a certain rejuvenation, if, if you will. Uh, and I think that I've talked to him since, and he feels that. Now, obviously, they have to get, get a season underway, and what that looks like, I have no idea. But, um, you know, I, I just hope he goes and has fun. And I think, he, I think that he has a good team around him, and I think he made a good choice in where to, where to go. They definitely have some weapons. There's no doubt. I'm looking forward to watching. It's going to be great entertainment, assuming, of course, we have football fingers crossed on that. What happens if Aaron yep. if Aaron called you up and was like, how, how do I handle having a young quarterback coming up behind me now? If you were in his shoes, wouldn't you be irritated at the very least that, hey, we just won 13 games, I could use a little help, and we're, we're going to take a first-round pick on a quarterback? Obviously, the Packers didn't call me and ask for my opinion, nor should they. But I was a little bit uh, bewildered at, at the pick. Nothing against Jordan Love. I, I, I have no, nothing against him. But the situation presently with the Packers is much different than when we drafted Aaron Rodgers when I was the starting quarterback. We were coming off of a bad year. And, I, in fact, I think it was a losing season. And, um, and we didn't trade up to get Aaron. He kind of fell in, in our lap. And obviously, he was a great, was a great player. Uh, even then, he was highly sought after. The difference this year is they were a player to a play or two, or even a player, probably more so a player away from the Super Bowl. So you you would think that with that in mind, you go for an immediate need, someone who can get us there now. Uh, and I just kind of thought it sent the wrong message uh, to Aaron. And I, I know it's it's not about Aaron. It's, it's bigger than the than one player. I, I get that. But you know, I mean, he he's you know he's getting up there like I was when we drafted him. You know, you run you're running out of time. And when you get that close, man, you got to seize the moment. And I just thought that they um, they sent the message that we. We still think we can win now, but that's because we have you. But we're not going. We're also going to secure our future. So, but hey, you know, it was their their choice. We'll see. I'm just wondering, can he even get past it? Like from your perspective, to be able to support a guy like that behind him, maybe it doesn't matter. But I, well, you know, he's got to. He's got to. Okay. Well, well, he's he's, he's got to get over it and just play. By no means is is. Is there anything in, in any quarterback's contract that says you have to mentor the next guy they they bring up? You know, I mean, if if people think that, that's you're you you're dead wrong. Now that being said, uh, you teach by the way you play and the way you study and the way you prepare, and um, and that's what what Aaron and I did. I spent three years with Aaron. We watched a lot of film, just the two of us together. He would pick my brain. What was I thinking? Why did I do this? Why did it? And I would answer the best way I I, I could. And that's what Jordan Love's got to do. He's got to buy his time. He's got to 
you know, speak up when when uh, it's the right time, and he's got to ask for, you know, an opportunity to to spend some time, just the two of them. And Aaron will do that. Uh, he'll be more than willing to to uh, open up and and, and you know, by no means is Aaron sh- is or should be threatened by the next guy uh, when he, when he chooses to step down on his own behalf. That's when he steps down. Uh, I mean, he's that good. It's an incredible run that they've had up in Green Bay. You and him. I mean, when I, when I look at it. And the last one here, Brett, like I look at it like, okay, you won a Super Bowl with Brett, you won one with Aaron, but you've had two of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game for this long. I almost feel like it's it's an underachievement. Is that is that unfair to Green Bay? Well, I think we should have won more Super Bowls, but we didn't, you know, and and that, that uh I th- I think falls off on me and I'm sure Aaron would take that blame as well. Um, you know, I, I understand it's a team sport, but um we went back, you know, we, immediately. We played a great game. Denver outplayed us and beat us. Uh, but I, 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 really, that game doesn't bother me as much as maybe other games. But what, what bothers me more is that we didn't go back to any more. Came close. Um, and I know you, ultimately you measure by, by wins and certainly Super Bowl wins. Fortunately, I got one, and so does Aaron. Um, but, yeah, I, I would think – Based on our consistency and longevity, it's a little bit of an underachievement that we didn't uh, at least go to more. Yeah, and I, I think it's unfair to you and to him. I, I put it more in the organization, but I love the competitiveness you're bringing there, Brett, which I get it. Like, hey, ultimately, I'm the quarterback and it's on my shoulders. But from a fan standpoint, I just thought they could have put more around you to, to make it a little bit easier for you guys to get back there. Uh, for real, the real, real last one. Who's the better quarterback in Chicago? Bears fans want to know your answer. Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles? Who should be their starter? I look at it this way. How will Nick Foles play in Chicago? I don't know. I just base it off of how they both have performed when they have given been given the opportunity. And Nick Foles, I think, has performed better. Not in competition with Trubisky because they haven't been in competition yet until now. So if you just base it off of how they performed in in real game situations, obviously Nick Foles won a Super Bowl uh, and played lights out. So from that standpoint i don't know what either looks like right now i'm not watching i, I don't i don't study I, I, but i'm just based off of that nick Foles is the better player what's brett Favre doing a reg on a regular day now i want to live your life i'm down here in hot mississippi it's i mean it trust me you don't ever want to visit this time <laughs> of year but uh, we have 465 acres I'm, i got something to do every day um I, I i try to play golf every once in a blue moon uh so um, with this uh, pandemic crap going on, man, I'm, I, we watch more movies than Cisco and Ebert. <laughs> Great reference. Brett Favre. Life, life of a retired quarterback. Yeah, well, we're going to get through this and uh, get your golf game and everything else back going. Brett Favre into the CBD space, working with Green Eagle talking a bunch of football with us today. Brett Favre, you're awesome. I loved watching you, and I really appreciated talking to you today. So thanks so much. All right. Likewise, Mark. Thank you. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 